Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the fourth in a five-part series on chance number 2022. Today we are uh, online only, uh, but next Sunday on February 6th, we will be back in person and online. So look forward to seeing you then. You know, God gives us many chances. 2022 chances and more when we've screwed up. God gives us 2022 chances or more when life has screwed us over. And life, and God gives us 2022 or more chances when we've given up on life. But what about if we've given up on God? What if we've ditched God, ignored, rejected, run away, betrayed, denied God? Now I have to say this is kind of a a theoretical question for me. Because I've screwed up for sure. And I've been screwed over by life, that too. I've wanted to, to quit and give up on life. But I can't say that I've ever wanted to give up on God. I've never not wanted God. My relationship with the Lord is so precious to me that, that I can't imagine life without Jesus. And I'd like to say that there is nothing in the world that would cause me to give up my faith and to ditch the Lord. But then I don't know, do I? I don't really know. The disciples said that they'd never deny Jesus, that they'd be with him. They'd die for him if it came to that. But Jesus, who knows what's in the human heart, he tells them, this very night you'll all fall away on account of me. And Peter says, well, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all of the other disciples, they said the same thing. That's Matthew 26, 35. But do you remember what Jesus tells them? Jesus says this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. What would it take for you to disown God? To give up your faith, to walk away. Have you ever thought about that? Two weeks ago in the news, there was another prominent Christian who was ditching God. Brady Fanatic Goodwin was a founding member of a Grammy-nominated Christian hip-hop group. He went on to become a teacher of Christian apologetics. And apologetics is, is essentially explaining the Christian faith to those who have questions. But in his video a couple weeks ago, Goodwin says that I sent a letter to my church withdrawing my membership and saying I'm denouncing the Christian faith that I have believed, professed, proclaimed, and defended for the last 30 years of my life. Goodwin explained that that he was having trouble understanding the Christian faith. He said that Christian theology is like a Rubik's Cube, and you can twist it any way you want and come up with with different understandings. And he said that, that if different people could look at the Bible and come up with different understandings, then the Bible must not be true. He says, I literally told God, 
if I find one more thing in the Bible that doesn't have a good explanation without resorting to some kind of having to bend over backwards and hop over barriers to explain it, I'm going to lose my faith. And he did. He denounced his faith in Jesus last week. Just checked it all. Walked away. Kind of like some of the disciples did when Jesus tells them that he is the bread of life and they can live by eating his body. Jesus had fed the 5,000. Do you remember that story? And the next day, the people are looking for more food. So they come to him and they ask for more. And, and Jesus tells them that, that they should be worried about spiritual food. And they begin to grumble. And so he tells them this. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I'm the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the man in the wilderness, yet they died. But here's the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. His critics get offended by this kind of talk. They don't understand it, but then neither do many of his disciples. They don't understand it either. They don't understand how Jesus can be the bread of life. And, of course, they don't know anything about communion because communion hasn't happened yet. And since it's hard to understand, they reject Jesus completely. Verse 60, On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? And it says, from this time on, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. They ditched Jesus. Sometimes Jesus, the Bible, our faith, it's hard to understand. Is it enough to make you give up on God? Maybe. But sometimes it isn't the things that we don't understand that make it so hard. It's the things that we do understand. And we understand that being a Christian can be risky. That being a Christian costs something. And in some places, maybe even our life. Try being a Christian in North Korea where the government will attack your family or send you to prison or simply execute you if you do not renounce your faith in Jesus what would you do? What kind of fear would it take for you to deny Christ? I try telling myself that, that nothing, nothing could ever cause me to deny Jesus. But then Peter said the same thing. Remember? He says, even if I have to die for you, I'll never disown you. But you know what happens, don't you? On the night in which the soldiers came and arrested Jesus and took him off to die, where they would beat him and make him suffer greatly, Peter follows at a distance because he doesn't want to be arrested. He doesn't want to be beaten. 
He doesn't want to risk his life either. Waiting outside the high priest's house as Jesus is being beaten, Peter's found out. Matthew 26. Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. We say big words, but when push comes to shove, when we're afraid of what could happen to us, if we follow Jesus, will we take the cowardly way out? Will we deny him? Say we don't know him? Will we ditch God? I hope not. But then I don't know. I hope I never have to find out. Still, one of the, the greatest dangers to our walk with God is not theological questions or, or even fear of persecution. I, I think the greatest danger to our walk with God, the thing that's more likely to cause us to ditch the Lord, is something as simple as the lie that life would be better off without God. That we'd be better off on our own rather than following Jesus. The God is nothing but a big old meanie. And if we were in charge, we could do a better job of running our lives. The greatest danger to our faith, I think, is, is when we listen to our inner five-year-old. Next Sunday, Lord willing, then have the opportunity to baptize two of my grandchildren here. You know, the great thing about, about grandkids is that you get to be the fun one. Mom and Dad, they have to, to make them put on jackets or, or shoes even in the winter. They have to make sure that they get the sleep that they need and the medicines that they have to take. They have to feed them healthy food and not just sweets all day long. And take care of all the other things to keep a roof over their head and clothes on their backs. Parents carry a, a big load. But me, I, I just play toys with them like I were a five-year-old. It's great. I get to be the fun one. But their parents have to be parents. And when I see my son Corey's face as, as he is struggling with the kids who are protesting the latest indignity that they have to brush their teeth and go to bed, well, I just smile. Because I remember that, that he was just like that. Corey was often frustrated at my parenting. And on more than one occasion, he would pronounce, you're not the boss of me. 
You're the meanest dad in the whole world. I'm running away. And he would take off. And I'd follow him from a distance to make sure that that he was okay. And he'd walk and he he would look back and then he'd he'd scowl, turn back and, and keep walking. And sometimes he'd walk for blocks and blocks. I don't know where little kids get the energy. Eventually, he would turn and he'd just stop and wait for me. And when I got caught up, we'd hug and we'd walk home together. Sometimes we're like five-year-olds when it comes to God, even if we're 25 or 55 or or 105. One of the most well-known stories in the Bible is the parable of the prodigal son in it the younger of two kids thinks that he'd be better off without his dad so he asked for his inheritance before his his dad is even dead and and amazingly his dad gives it to him the story's in luke chapter 15 not long after that the younger son got together all he had set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth and wild living After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. He's not five, but he he acts like it. Thinks that everything will be better if he just ditches dad and does whatever he wants to do. And I think that's the more likely temptation for most of us when it comes to God. I think we're more likely to be be tempted to just say we can do better and run away from God, even if we aren't consciously thinking of it that way. Most of the time we probably not thinking about it as running away from God, We just head off in our own direction, doing our own thing, and then one day we look back and we realize that we are far from our Heavenly Father. Without knowing it, we've ditched God. Now, I don't know if you've ditched God for any of these reasons that we've been talking about this morning. If not, maybe it was something else. There are probably 2,022 different Reasons that people have denied Jesus, given up their faith, and run away from God. But what does God do then? Does God reject us right back? Does God hold a judge, change the locks on the doors, move away, and leave no forwarding address? Is this the one circumstance where we don't get another chance? Hardly. Remember what happens to the son in the parable of the prodigal? When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, 
His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. When the son turns back to the father, the father runs to him with arms wide open and he throws a party. It's far beyond what the son deserved, what we deserve. But it doesn't matter. He's in his father's arms and he's got another chance. And while he may have only done this once in the story, I can tell you from experience with Corey that no matter how many times you run away, there are always open arms waiting to give you a hug and to welcome you home. That's how God responds. God is a God of second, third, 2,022 chances. And even if you've gone so far as to not deny Jesus completely, like Peter did, or like Brady Goodwin did, there's always another chance or two, or 2,022. In John chapter 21, Jesus meets the disciples on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, the same place where he called Peter and the other fishermen to follow him. And he has a breakfast of bread and fish ready for them. And he took the bread and he gives it to them. He gave the bread to those who have ditched him, deserted him, denied even knowing him. And to Simon Peter, the one with the big mouth, the one with the big boast, who lived under the shame of the rooster's crow. Well, Jesus says to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. And he asked Peter again, do you love me? And, he, and yet a third time, three times for the three times that Peter denied him. And Jesus tells him, take care of his sheep. And Peter goes off to lead the church. He is forgiven. He is restored. Even if we ditch Jesus, he's always given us another chance. At the same time that Brady Goodwin was posting about ditching his faith, there was another singer that was finding hers. Her name is Jana Kramer, and this week she posted, posted a video of her recent baptism. Jana is also an actress. She's been on uh, One Tree Hill, Grey's Anatomy, Dancing with the Stars, has a couple of albums out. But she says that Looking up to a father figure with a past like hers was hard to believe or have comfort in. I didn't think he would stay, she says, that he wouldn't hurt me 
And so I pushed God away for years. But last year in the brokenness and quiet moments alone, I realized I wasn't truly alone. That He was there. That He never left me. God was just waiting. Jana tried to push God away. To ditch God. But God was always there. Giving her another chance. There's another chance for Jana Kramer. There's another chance for Brady Goodwin. And there's another chance for me and you. No matter where we have run, no matter how far we push God away, there's another chance for all of us. Our Father is waiting with open arms to give us a big hug and to welcome us home. And whether that be a second chance, third chance, a 2022nd chance, it's always there for us. So let's pray. Oh God, save us from pride and the false conviction that, that we would never ditch you. Because if we're honest, we don't know. We don't know if there is something that would would push us to the edge and separate us from you. Or maybe we do know. Maybe we do know because time and time again we've pushed you away. We've rejected you. And yet, you're always there looking for us, waiting, running to us with arms wide open to say welcome home. Lord, thank you for, for giving us these chances. For always being there for us. To welcome us home. 